The term guest experience is probably not the first thing that comes to mind regarding a homeless shelter. But thanks to a deep calling to help others and a commitment to providing a safe and dignified hand up for those experiencing homelessness, Mike Sinnott, Vice President of Shelter Services for Catholic Charities of Denver, will explain how he and his team are very intentional when it comes to serving their guests. You're going to love Mike's passion as he talks about Samaritan House and the Catholic Charities of Denver Shelters on this episode of Making Our World Better. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast, where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Jay Clark, and I'm excited to have a conversation with Mike Sinnott, Vice President of Shelters and Community Outreach for Catholic Charities of Denver. Mike has been with Catholic Charities for more than six years and provides oversight of the Samaritan House Denver, the Samaritan House 48th Women's Emergency Shelter, the Samaritan House Smith Road Women's Shelter, Marisol Homes, the Samaritan House Fort Collins, and the Guadalupe Community Center in Greeley. Wow. Mike is also responsible for emergency assistance programs in Glenwood Springs, Denver, Fort Collins, and Greeley. Prior to joining Catholic Charities, Mike's leadership experience spanned the highest levels of the banking industry. Past positions include leadership roles at NBH Bank, Bank Midwest, UMB Bank, and the Federal Reserve Banks of Kansas City and St. Louis. Mike holds a BSBA degree in finance and economics from Rockhurst University and attended the University of Colorado Graduate School of Banking, graduated with distinction from the University of Wisconsin BAI Graduate School of Retail Banking. Mike recently served on the Leadership Council of Denver Mayor's Advisory Committee on housing those experiencing homelessness and the homeless. Most importantly, he is married to Marianne, and they have two grown children and eight grandchildren. Mike, thanks for being here today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Jay. Thanks for having me. Well, tell me, how would you describe shelters, Catholic Charity Shelter Services to somebody that doesn't really know anything about it? Well, it's pretty hard to quantify in just a few minutes, but uh, you know, we've been doing this uh, in Denver since uh, 1986 when we built the Samaritan House, which was the community's first building built to be specifically a homeless shelter. And over the last 35, not quite 40 years, we've just continued to adapt to the changing needs within the Denver metropolitan area. We also have a shelter in Greeley. We've got one in Fort Collins that do very much the same thing we do at the Samaritan House in Denver, just on a much smaller scale. Right. So I you know, like me, I think a lot of people say, oh, they've got Sam's house, but it's so much more than that. You've got more than 800 beds all over yeah. the city. Yeah, we have about 800 souls on board. It'll depend on how many children are with the families. We've got 25 family rooms at Samaritan House Denver. We've got five in Greeley, five in Fort Collins. And right now in Fort Collins, because of the increased need, we've got room for five overflow emergency shelters for families. Wow. So, you know, depending on the families and how many children are with the family, we've had, you know, we've had families in there with as many as eight and nine children. And wow. That, that's a big group to try to take care of. No kidding. And then you'll get a single mom with one child. So right. the number does vary from day to day. Well, and, and having toured Sam's house with you was awesome. <laughs> one of the cool things about this is that I don't think people understand either is you're meeting people where they're at. It's not just... Oh, I need a place to stay tonight. There's a whole, there's a whole, 
you're helping women and, and, and families in, in all sorts of different steps of where they are. Yeah, and I think, you know, the face of homelessness for many, many years was a single man. Right. But that's not true today. We've got single women. We've got families, families with both mom and dad and just mom or dad. Right. Um, and, and trauma-informed care is a practice that identifies where our guests are in their journey. We try not to be judgmental. We try not to be um, in a position of trying to judge exactly why they're there, how they get there. What we do is we take them in and we try to love on them a little bit and just understand where are they in their journey. And, and quite frankly, where do they want to go? You right. know? By the time they walk through the doors of the shelter, they're about as low as they can possibly be. Right. They've, they've burnt relationships over the years, burnt friendship. They don't have relationships with family anymore. And, you know, for them to make the decision to come off the street and come mm -hmm. into a shelter is really a big one. And what we don't yeah. want to be is stand there in judgment. Right. We want to welcome them. We want to bring them in. We want to get them safe. We want to get them fed. And then we just want to understand where do they want to go and how can we assist them. And that's, that's one of the cool parts about it when you say we want to help them get to where they want to go. I watched a video where as a family that, you know, they're walking a fine line. Yeah. One bad thing happens and suddenly they're boom. They're out, and they're they have to find shelter. But these are families that are working, that ha that are trying hard, and you're there for them. Yeah, and I think sometimes with the families, it's just a bunch of circumstances right. that took place that put them there. Right. But the the beautiful thing about coming into our family program is the parents are highly motivated to mm. get to the next step. They right. want to get their act together. They want to make sure that they're safe, that their kids are safe. And, you know, we support them through the process. We clothe them, we feed them, we give them shelter. So we can try to identify ways to get their income generated again and put together a game plan specific to them, not just a template, but a right. plan specific for them to get them back on that trajectory of recovery. That's awesome. And I love the term guests yeah. because I think that really presents a dignified you know, you're trying to provide dignity. And one of the other things that I, I, I'm really curious to hear more about is, is this clothing and feeding? Yes. Because it was amazing to me at Sam's house, they're cranking out thousands yes. of meals, not just for the folks in the shelter, right? No, that's right. You know, their primary purpose when we built that kitchen was to feed the people of Samaritan House. But with the advent of the additional shelters that we've opened over the last several years, uh, 48th Avenue and Smith Road are brand new shelters to us in the last couple of years. And that food is provided out of the Samaritan House cooks. You know, they do the work there. We hot box it over to the different shelters. And then in conjunction with the, one of the other ministries here at Catholic Charities, and that's our early childhood education, mm -hmm. we provide three meals a day for kids in the Head Start program. That's awesome. That's a, a breakfast, a snack, and then lunch. And, you know, we have to follow all the FDA requirements on calorie counts and nutrition. Right. So we're doing well over 1,500 meals a day out of there, probably closer to 2,000. Per day. Per day, yeah. That's remarkable. That's more than most restaurants in Denver put out. I, I mean, seriously, and it's this big, ginormous industrial kitchen, but you go by Sam's house and you think, oh, that's just where people go and crash for the night. But again, it's so much more than that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're, we're like a book that's got a lot of deep pages to it. Well, the other thing I really like about it is you're under the umbrella of Catholic Charities, but you don't have to be Catholic to 
to benefit from what you're providing. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we do this because we're Catholic, not that we want other people to become Catholic. Now, we would welcome them, but that's not a requirement to get into the program. We welcome everybody that comes through the door. Which I love that, that we do it because we're Catholic, not because they are. That th- I just think that's awesome. So <laughs> you talked about homelessness is such a complicated issue. You're in the middle of it. You're, you're dealing with the big issues, but on a day-to-day difference, what does it take to make it happen to keep these shelters open? Because it's a day-to-day grind. And Well, it takes a lot of patience, number one. It takes a lot of tenacity. Um, when we meet people where they are in their journey, they are in some really dark places sometimes. Yeah. So it takes a time to build the relationship. It takes time to build trust. It takes time to recognize. Because when you're on the street, everybody refers to you as, hey, bud, or hey, you. Right. We call people. We give them dignity. We call them by their name. We, we try to get to know who they are. Where did they come from? Where did they grow up? Where was home? What was home when you were little? Everybody's got a story, right? Everybody's got a story. And miraculously, everybody has a unique story. Yep. And we can't put together a cookie cutter process that works for everybody that walks right. through the door. We have to really tailor fit our case management and our social work with the guest to where they are on their journey. And that is if you're 19 years old and you're exiting foster care or you're 75 years old, right. and there's nowhere for you to go because you can't right. afford the rent in Denver. So just running a facility is just a piece of this, what you guys offer, because you're offering a whole suite of services. You're not only offering them a safe place to stay, but meals and clothes and services like mental wellness and social work and all that. Yeah, yeah, Jay, it's correct. We, you know, thank goodness for our volunteers. We do a lot of programming. We have PTSD um, um, programs. We have job fairs we have you know how do you write a resume in today's world because you don't just turn in a resume at the door anymore you got to go online so we go we provide on computers so they have access to get to the job application we work through the internet with them but you also know that you have to have an email address right a lot of the guests that come in don't have email they haven't been on a computer right so you know we go to that very elementary stage of how do we get them a job because it takes more than just say you know, walk down the street yeah. and start washing dishes at the right. local restaurant. You got to right. do much more than that. Yeah. We got to get them an ID. A lot of times they don't even have an ID. Jeez. So, and you know, in today's world, you got to have an ID and a social security card. Yep. So two forms of ID. Right. So we walk, you know, work with them. We've got a, a staff member at Samaritan House that's devoted to our uh, employment opportunities program. We've got, you know, volunteers that come in and do mock interviews. They help write resumes. They do practice interviews. Um, and again, it's to try to get them back into the societal event that allows them that trajectory of recovery. Right, right. And some of them have been on the streets a long time. Yeah. And it's really hard for them to get reacclimated to that. Right. So it takes patience. It takes kindness. Um, but it also takes some tenacity because you have to work through some of their challenges. For sure. And it's, it is an individualized, I've learned this, it's a very individualized step-by-step process for each person yes yes because you know what we've got to determine is how did they end up here right and there could be years of journey it could be addiction issue it could be mental health issue right it could be uh, stress or or ptsd or it could be domestic violence there are so many levels of challenge and then if you start rolling them together where they've experienced all of the above, right? well, then it's like trying to peel back and understand, well, where are they yeah. in this process? 
and start to work with some of their demons. Right. And it also, you know, a job loss or a, or a physical ailment that keeps somebody from working. There's so many people that are walking that fine line of check to check. They are. That one small setback. Um, and but but again, this you have something to get these people back on their feet. We do. We have our social caseworkers, we have case managers, and we've also just started programming at Samaritan House. We're bringing in trained clinicians who have all the wow. credentials to help really understand. So in the past, all we provided was shelter, and we said, well, that's just not good enough. The 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 guests are changing, their needs are changing. So we've adapted now, and rather we first somebody out to get mental health assistance, we're trying to provide that internally so they don't even have to leave the shelter. Fantastic. So again, you start you think of the issue of homelessness, and it's yes. it's so many layers, and it's such a big thing. But at the same time, you got to have the day to day. You do, and that's what you guys do. You do all over this all over the city, and in Fort Collins and Greeley, and, and all we these do. places. And, you now. know, we work with our you know business. Um, partners such as you know denver police department mm-hmm. denver health the fire department because right. we do have medical issues that happen during it at night kind of like you know raising your kids right they only got croup in the middle of the night they didn't get it at two <laughs> yeah. o'clock in the afternoon right. so you know those issues do arise so we depend on our partners to help it takes a community to do this no kidding that is for sure now you've been at it now for a little over six years yes how would you say you've seen things evolve especially in regards to the people that you're serving yeah, I think the, the biggest way to answer that, Jay, and, and we all are struggling with this, is our guests are older and less healthy. Mm. And over 70% of our guests are experiencing some kind of behavioral health issue, mm. whether that's mental health or substance abuse, addiction issues. 70%? Over 70% have wow. some kind of interaction with some of those issues. Wow. So, um, you know, when I first took over shelters over six years ago, you know, we had transitional shelter, which meant we just needed to help them get up and going. Right. And we could help them get jobs. We'd help them. The ultimate goal would be to get them, you know, housing, get right. them off the street, get them in their own house. Right. And the challenges we're experiencing are multiple here in Denver, partly is because the housing is so expensive. Yeah. You know, an average apartment in downtown Denver is $2,100. $2,100. you know, if you're making $16 an hour, which right. is a pretty good wage, but not by comparison, mm-hmm. can't afford can't, that kind of rent. Geez. So older, less healthy, and then housing is a big problem. Wow. Well, you know, I know you've had a long, successful career in banking. You didn't need to do this. <laughs> So I'm really fascinated in what draws you to this and what, what has kept you doing it. Uh, I, I think there's two things, Jay, that really were the drivers. Because when I talked to my wife after I, I left the banking field was, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? Well, I didn't want to play golf. I didn't want to do those <laughs> kinds of things. I felt like I wanted to give back in some way. I had to give back. In banking, I just didn't feel like we gave back enough to communities. And I think giving back to the community through service was our my biggest um, objective. And the other, quite frankly, is I wanted to expand and grow my faith. And I think working for Catholic Charities is a great way to do that. You see the face of Jesus and the people that walk through the door. You see miracles that happen. You see things that change. You know, when I lay my head on a pillow at night and I've really helped somebody through my team and our efforts, and it's, it's a team effort. Right. That gives me great reward for doing what we do because it's not an easy job. It's a difficult job. Yeah. But we do it for those successes. And although sometimes they seem rare and uh, really a challenge to, to accomplish or achieve, when you do see it, it it's just touches your heart and you go, 
I did make a difference. Yeah, which is, this is not a fair question. I always tell everybody, but I <laughs> like to ask it anyways. Do you have any stories that, that really jump out at you oh, that, yeah. or that are favorites? I mean, I mean I'm sure there's hundreds. There, but. There, there's a lot of them, but there's one in particular. There was a, a woman probably in her early 50s at Samaritan House. And she came in and she was about as low as you could probably imagine. Um, she didn't want to come into a shelter. She was scared. She heard rumors about it. We got her in there. We were so excited to have her. And she just started to blossom. She started to come out of this shell of a woman to this very vibrant, outgoing, gregarious woman. And she loved the kids in the shelter. So she at Halloween would dress up for the 10 days before uh. Halloween and walk to the shelter. <laughs> at Christmas time, she wore all the festive clothing, the reds and the, the hats, yeah. the, the Santa hats. And one day I was at Samaritan House and she walked up and she was so excited to say, Mike, 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 Mike. And I'm like, what? You know, it's like, cause she's always yeah. just out there. She says, I'm moving in my apartment on Friday. Oh, wow. And I said, are you kidding? And she says, yeah, I'm so excited. And, and I got to tell you, I just about lost my composure because I was so excited for her because she had come so far. And to see that bright, wonderful smile that she was getting her own place, that's why we do it. You we guys do. played a big role in that's making that happen. That's why we do what we do. That's yeah. awesome. Now, you know, long time in the banking industry, business leader, what have been some of the leadership principles that you've learned throughout your career that have been really important that you've leaned on? Yeah, and I think that's role. a really great question. Um, one of the things I talk about with my team is we're in the service industry. Right. People come to this because they have a need, whether it's in banking where you want to come in and open a checking account yep. or you're experiencing homelessness and you need help, you need shelter. Right. So we always talk about the guest experience. And I learned that from, you know, some of the motels and I yeah. graduated from Disney Institute right. and some other things. But it's the it's the guest experience that is so important. So you have to look at the experience through the lens of the guest, yep. not your own. And how can we, if you're scared to walk in a shelter and we're mean and not friendly on right. the other side, we just reinforce it. Right. But if they walk in the shelter scared and they say, Hey, welcome. We're glad you're here. What can we get you? Are you hungry? You're thirsty? Let's get you started through the process. Make yourself comfortable. You're at home now. You're safe. Well, then that is an elevated experience. No kidding. That they didn't have. We exceeded the expectation. That's the goal. We exceed the expectation of the guests when they come in. And that is, that's fascinating because even at a homeless shelter, there's still the great, the great opportunity to provide an elevated experience, which yes. I think is critical for any nonprofit. You have to look at that customer experience and right. and it's a competitive marketplace, even at a homeless shelter, oh, it, kind it, of. It is. And you know, what we don't is what we don't want to do is reinforce that lore that's out there that shelters aren't safe, that they're right. dirty, that people beat you up, it's violent. That's not true. It's not right. that way. But if they walk back out on the street and reinforce that by saying, oh, that was a terrible experience, then we really haven't accomplished the objective there. That's awesome. So what really excites you moving forward and, and, and really keeps you going with doing this? Well, I think what really excites me right now is this clinical view that we're bringing into the shelters. And we, we, we need funding to do that. But bringing in a level of care 
that we couldn't provide before. We had to go outside with yeah. other business partners. I'd really like to make that available in all of our shelters. Right now, it's primarily at Samaritan House Denver. Yeah, uh, We got a special grant to do that, and I'd like to find other grants that will allow us to provide that level of service and expertise in all of our shelters right. so that everybody gets that same level of service. Well, and, you know, touch on this just a little bit. Financially, this is not an inexpensive endeavor because there's no fees or, no. I mean, everything you do is from what is raised, basically, That's correct? exactly right. Yeah, we have uh, public grants. We have private grants. We have federal contracts like with the VA because we mm-hmm. do a program special for vets. Um, we've got a lot of other private donations that come in, foundations that offer some support. Um, the city of Denver provides a lot of support for our women's emergency services program. So that's important. But yeah, we're close to a $19 million annual operating budget for those 800 souls on board. And then throw in, oh, we need to do a big renovation of Sam's house, which <laughs> turned out awesome. And it's it, it that's, that's the uh, treadmill you never get off, right? Well, you're absolutely right, Jay. It just, you know, that building was 35 years old. Um, it was in great need of restoration and updating. And, you know, think about living in your home for 35 years. Yeah, you don't paint right. the walls. You don't redo the right. floors. The ceiling tiles had been stained from leaks over the years. Right. And, again, we wanted that experience to be such a beautiful experience. If you walk in, you see how, you know, dark walls, dark right. carpet, stains. You're like, well, this isn't very welcoming. So we wanted to flip that. So we spent time and money trying to research exactly what does the aesthetics look like, what colors work best, how do we soften the lighting so that you don't feel like you're walking into a, an interrogation room. Right. I mean, it's just we want it to be welcoming, um, inviting, and comfortable, and just know that that's their safe place. Well, and it's cool because even the folks that are in the transitions, like the families yeah. uh, that are that are close to getting back up on their feet. They can have a mailbox there. They can, yeah. And and there's laundry f- facilities, and it's it is pretty much a transitional. It is transitional. So you've got from the people that are you know have been living on the streets all the way up to these people that are just inches away from getting out there right. on their own. But again, you can provide services for all these folks and a great experience for them. We do, and 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 it's a, an approach that's not a handout; it's a hand up. Right. And that's really what the majority of our guests need is just a hand up. Yeah. They just need to know that they matter, that there's a possibility of getting a new life and, and finding their way off of the street. Um, you know, some of these uh, guests, Jay, sometimes have been on the street for 10 years. Wow. They know no other world. Right. Um, and so what we try to do, too, when they come in is we try to build a sense of community. Yeah. And I see that more and more in the women's shelters. You know, they know their names. They sleep in the bunks next to each other. They build a sense of community. And the nice thing about uh, we're the largest provider of women's shelter in the state. Wow. Um, The Denver Rescue Mission, Salvation Army, they take care of the men. We take care of the single women. And, you know, that wasn't available five, ten years ago. Right. Now we have special shelters just for them where they feel safe, where they're not being victims of crime and mm-hmm. the atrocities that come with being a woman on the streets. Right. Um, so the, 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 the community, it's fun to see them downstairs. They're funny together. Yeah. Well, and it's also, also cool because you have that continuum with Marisol that if somebody comes to you, a woman comes to you and she's pregnant for yes. whatever and is like, Oh my God, what do I do now? Yeah. You have that continuum. You said, well, we can keep you safe. 
here's where you can go for the health part piece of that. Yeah, not only do we just provide them shelter, but through Marisol Health, we can provide them medical care and yeah. prenatal care and just try to make sure that they're, they and their baby are healthy and doing well and on the right trajectory of a good delivery. And, um, you know, we just believe so much in just being there to support them. So, again, so much more than what meets the eye with Samaritan House. If you drive down by Coors Field, you're always like, oh, there's Samaritan House. What's going on in there is it's pretty amazing. So I always end these with, I call them the Fab Four, my last four questions. First one is, what's something you will listen to, read, or watch today? Hopefully I'll watch your podcast. Ah, that a boy. That a boy. How about the next one would be, who's somebody that has really inspired you especially somebody who's inspired you to do the work that you're doing now? Oh, wow, Jay. That's a really deep question. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm a grandfather. I'm a husband. I think all the women in my life inspired me to give back, and they would, especially my mother who's gone now, would be so proud that the women are being taken care of under my leadership. Well, and a, that's a very selfish answer, but it's asked. not. It's not. As a girl dad and a, and a husband myself, I, I applaud that. So, is there another organization out there outside of charities that you admire and would want to give a shout out to the work that they're doing? Yeah, you know, honestly, I work, uh, I'm on the Homeless Leadership Council in Denver, and there's 11 providers of homeless services, whether that's day shelter, overnight shelter, or any kind of uh, support. Um, but I'd have to give a shout out to the Denver, uh, the Denver Rescue Mission. We work so closely with them and we work in collaboration. We talk together weekly. We share our ideas. We share best practices. We share uh, common philosophies. You know, we're both faith-based and, you know, they, again, they take care of the men. We take care of the women. And uh, I think the partnership together works really, really well. Well, again, what I love about it is, you know, you hear political campaigns, we'll hear about it a ton. How are you going to deal with homelessness, homelessness, homelessness? Yeah. But it still doesn't mean you, you have to have those day-to-day grinded-out services, yeah. which is what you guys are doing. Right. Yeah, it's boots on the ground when it, it comes to that. It is boots on the ground. And I know we've got the big event for Sam's supper coming up which is benefit samaritan house so yes we'll, we'll put information about that september in 9th september 9th it's a great party you should come it is it's it's <laughs> one of my favorites because you get to wear jeans uh, <laughs> one of the few galas you get to go to and wear jeans right. which is awesome but the last piece is if somebody's interested in supporting volunteering learning more what, what should they do i think the website is probably the best approach it's ccdenver.org and that's ccdenver.org um, stands for Catholic Charities Denver, obviously. Yep. But we have such wonderful information, whether you want to be a potential guest, whether you want to be a volunteer, whether you want to be a benefactor or a donor, there is all the resources right there on the website. Um, there's a special page for volunteers. I, I got to tell you, we couldn't do the job that we're doing right now without our volunteers. You know, we, when we make 1,500 meals a day, somebody's got to serve those. Yeah. And, you know, we've got to clean up the kitchen afterward and we've got to do, you know, grounds work. And there's so much to do it's as a day to day, whether that's, yep. you know, a group, a youth group from, you know, Light of the World Catholic Church coming out to help us right. or um, the Knights of Columbus, who are wonderful partners for us. They do a lot of the heavy lifting on some of the bigger projects. 
it just you know it's so vibrant the the catholic community that comes to support but we have other ecumenical churches that come and right. spend time with us so again it's not, it's limited, not just a catholic right, thing right. Um, the the mormon church has been a wonderful partner with us in taking care of the people experiencing homelessness so it's a it's a it's a it takes a community it takes a village as they say yep. but um, our volunteers are really the secret sauce to our success that's fantastic ccdenver.org i'd push anybody to go do it anybody should go down and see uh, samaritan house I'm sure they, they'd love to give you a tour we would um and and love to have you as a volunteer but keep up the great work thank you jay and it's uh it's a pleasure well it's my honor thank you thanks for listening this podcast has been brought to you by jc charity and event services If you're interested in how I might be able to bolster your efforts and help your team achieve its goals, I'd love to have a conversation with you. You can find me at makingourworldbetter.com. To learn more about how you can support or volunteer with Samaritan House and Catholic Charities of Denver Shelter Services, visit www.ccdenver.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be grateful if you'd give us a thumbs up and leave a review. Until next time, I hope you're inspired to find a way to make our world better.